welcome to the Taking the Charge Gone Traveling Show. This is our basketball look around the world at various leagues, pan-continental leagues, if you will, uh, all across the globe. And our first episode is going to be looking at the Turkish Airlines EuroLeague, the number one league outside of the NBA. So many great stars playing in this league. And uh, we're going to take a look at it uh, on a weekly basis. And uh, it'll only be, you know, three to five minutes. Maybe we'll stretch it to seven minutes here or there. Uh, but going to try to keep it every week, uh, just the top stories of the week, just to keep you uh, up to date on what's going on in the EuroLeague. And we're going to do other leagues as well. But the first league that's tipping off is the EuroLeague, as we said. And that, uh, that starts on Thursday, September 30th. Uh, the last game of the day is a, a, a real fun one with the reigning champions, Anandula Efes, Istanbul, going up against Real Madrid. Uh, obviously a huge, huge game. Uh, but to uh, talk about that, uh, talk about the EuroLeague, we're going to uh, talk on a weekly basis to Masha Barda, who uh, is uh, one of the uh, one of the great guys over there at the EuroLeague Sweet 16 podcast. They've been uh, breaking down the EuroLeague for a number of years, uh, I believe since 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Great guy. Uh, go listen to that show again. That's the EuroLeague Sweet 16. Uh, just go ahead and find that uh, easily. And uh, you, if you have any questions, if you want to know anything about the EuroLeague, uh, that is uh, really... A fantastic breakdown of all the action, uh, and so we're going to pick we're going to pick Masha's brain a little bit. Uh, so let's get over to to that chat with him. All right. Well, uh, for our first chat of the season to look at the Euroleague, the Turkish Airlines Euroleague is Mosh Bard from the Euroleague Sweet Sixteen podcast. Uh, you definitely got to go check it out if you have. If you're interested at all in the EuroLeague, that is the podcast to, to check out. Uh, Moshe, man, uh, thanks for coming on board. Thanks for having me. I mean, you know, first of all, it's a pleasure being with you. you know, David is a, is a great friend of mine. And, uh, well, you know, it's, it's talking about EuroLeague, so what's not to like? I'm hyped. Let's do this. Yeah, uh, this is a this is going to be a, a pretty fascinating season. Um, you, there's some there's some some very big storylines, um, some teams that are pretty big names that maybe might not be at these final four. Um, uh, there's also uh, a champion that uh, some people thought wouldn't have a chance to. Uh, repeat, um, but now uh, everybody stayed on board, and um, and then there's the Royals, um, the 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 white uh, the white boys from Real Madrid, uh, who have totally restocked and uh, look pretty vicious, um, and a couple of teams I think I like maybe a little bit more than than Mosh, but uh, we'll see about that. Um, why don't Why don't you just first start off with um, because what we're gonna do is we're every week we're gonna talk. You know, just to just kind of get an update on top storylines of the week. Um, so let's start with the top storylines that you are looking forward to following over the entire season, and then maybe also kind of just maybe the beginning of the season as well. Um, maybe your your top storylines going into the twenty one twenty two season. 
Well, first of all, there there are a lot, uh, as you mentioned. I mean, we can start off just by talking about Unix and their, you know, interesting signings. Uh, for the lack of a better word, I'm I'm trying to be cautious here. Uh, you know, you can talk about Mike James moving to Monaco, which, honestly, if you're um, a EuroLeague team that didn't want another team to get in the mix for the playoff run kind of thing, not necessarily making it, then you did not want to see Mike James in Monaco because right now they are a team that might be the dark horse of the competition, could be. But I, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think it's like it, it's both Anadolu FS, it's Real Madrid because Real, you know, there's like so many times you can poke the giant and, and not get pretty much slapped across the face because what happened to them last year with the injuries and with guys living to the NBA, which should have been enough just, you know, to cover the whole show, the, the, the moves they made on the market and you look at their roster, they are crazy deep. We're talking a team that should be doing extremely well. And that is without saying a word about Anthony Randolph and Trey Tompkins. They are deep. They are pretty much covered in every position and still a chance of uh, JC Boom Boom Carroll coming back to the team. What's not to like? Uh, as for Anadolu Fest, most interesting thing for me is he kept almost everyone in that roster. Almost everyone. Except, except for Shen uh, uh, Lee, who moved to uh, uh, Barcelona, but he got Petrusev, a nice, a very nice addition. To me, the age might create an issue on some positions, but you know, pretty much the biggest storylines are, I think, these two for sure. If if you know, I had to uh, to pick a couple. And we get to see them uh, opening night. Uh, they they face off in, in round one. Good, good. Uh, a round of applause to the schedule makers. Yeah, indeed. How great is that, right? <laughs> like you, you see the the reigning champs facing off a team that is looking for redemption. I I, I would say. Yeah, I mean, right. I, you, 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 um, and we're not going to talk about all the teams that much, but I mean, a, a team like, uh, a team like Real Madrid, I mean, you really, you, you really do have to kind of uh, uh, talk to, about them. I mean, bringing in a guy like Adam Hunga, who was a superstar, um, maybe not necessarily by, by name and by recognitions by people who don't know the league, but he was a superstar at Barcelona, and now you bring him in, into that team. Uh, Yawasela, uh, Porwer, um, Huerta, uh, Williams, Goss. You know, you bring in two guards, and, and you don't even—you're not even going to be able to have Allison uh, really play. You almost think, all right, maybe I should lend him. You know, put him out on loan again. Um, and you know, it's—it's it's, uh, and, and and then you also have the the old guys. You know, Sergio Lowell, um, Fernandez, and, and and then sort of the emerging guys. You know, Abalde really took a step forward, and and then you have like the really really young guys, Nunez, uh, Vuk, uh, Vukovic, and and um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the uh, um, the yeah those those are the main two. Uh, obviously, Allison as well to kind of push you know the the veterans as well, and and uh and and yeah redemption you know they really they haven't uh they haven't had you know they haven't been the top of europe now for for a couple of years and and it's you know we you know we are real madrid and we need to get back there um oh indeed and don't forget yabusel they they also added him you know to play the the four positions i mean they are loaded this roster 
I mean, you know, you brought Hanga. Just think of the defensive options you have playing both Taylor and Hanga together. Scary. That alone is supposed to, scare, to, to be scary. This is like a nightmare kind of, you know, w- what nightmares are made of if you're a team facing Real Madrid. All right. Do, here's a question for you. And this is, we'll move to two teams that we can kind of tackle together that kind of um, historically over the last couple of years have kind of uh, fit together as well. Anyhow, would it be surprised to you if we do not see CSKA Moscow or Fenerbahce in the final four this year? And if so, why? If not, why not? Well, for sure, it will not surprise me. Um, I know that Cheska might be, you know, you, you might look at Cheska and think, okay, their moves were solid on, in the market. But there's that just that combination of uh, guys coming back of injuries. Some positions, uh, some positions, not necessarily, you know, having uh, uh, more than a decent backup. Like when you look over the years at the, uh, the different versions of Cheska, you saw depth, you saw crazy firepower, and you saw guys who were able to pressure the ball. Now, can you tell me that with all the changes that were made, and with Mike James leaving, right? Can you tell me that they still got all three, all three things? I don't think so. I don't think so. Though every time I do say something like that, they actually make it to the final four. So go figure. You know, maybe I am the jinx. Maybe it's Emmett. I don't know. I'm not, not pointing fingers. Uh, but and as for uh, um, you know Fenner, they made a whole lot of changes. The most problematic thing for me here is they brought a coach who is not necessarily a part of the, you know, roster assembling kind of thing, which means that was not necessarily his vision, which means these are not necessarily the players that will fit his style. But the good thing for, for Fenner, what obviously they knew and what I think all the early fans, you know, need to know, or maybe they're already knowing this, is Sasha Georgievich. He's a player's coach. Like all the player, all of his players, they love playing for him. All of them. Um, will this marriage kind of thing succeed? You know, who knows? Only time will tell. But you just look at them, and I think you—it's uh, it, maybe they're just lacking. You know, this this one guy, this one guy that can make them from take them from being an okay plus team to much more than that, and that's the why not for both teams as if I'm not seeing them in the final four, will I be surprised? Plus they gave up, you know, they gave up Dixon. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a sort of a process I think of, of refreshing the roster. So maybe, you know, when you, whenever you begin such a thing, you know, refreshing your entire bench, obviously they did do that, but they're pretty close to it. You shouldn't expect a team to, uh, to necessarily make it. I mean, when you think about it, Obradovich, in his first year with uh, with center, mm-hmm. they didn't make it to the to the final four. Like because, I, okay, you can say that they just you know he arrived like I think during the season. Season after they made it, they failed in the in the semis. Right after you know they they lost in the in the in the finals, and then they they won. So I mean it's a process. We we need to acknowledge this uh, this option. That's that's all I'm saying. The. The guy you mentioned leaving FS, um, Sertek uh, Sanli, I, I think was probably one of the most underrated guys on that team. And he goes for to sure, for sure. Barcelona. And and 
I might even call him the most important player on that team. Um, you know, t trying to fill the, the middle of that uh, uh, in the paint there. Um, you know, just a hardcore worker that just, you know, battles and everything else and, you know, just does his job. And um, we already said, okay, Ceska Moscow, uh, Fenerbahce, you know, big, big question marks uh, whether or not they, they make the Final Four playoffs seem like, okay, whatever, if it depends on, on what other teams might do. Uh, what do you think about Barcelona? Obviously, you know, fantastic coach with uh, Jasekevich, but, but, you know, it's there's this... You know, losing Hanga. Um, you know, you 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 you're going to bring in Yokobaitis, who is still really young. He's talented. But he's really young. Um, you know, just what do you think about this this uh, you know this team that 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 didn't get what they wanted? And um, but I, I'm I'm just wondering whether or not this is um, as powerful as a team as it was last year. Okay, first of all, we need to put uh, Abrinas into the equation because he's out for, like, what, the next four months? Yeah. Um, so that that is a big issue. You know, you cannot overlook that. That is legit, a legit problem. Because when you when you look at, you know, obviously we we didn't get to see Charis coaching tons of teams, right? He was in Jaguaris, so then he moved to Barcelona. Simple, simple as that. And the reason I'm saying it, that I'm saying this is the one thing we saw, like, in Joggers was it was simply poetry in motion. His teams used to inflict so much damage, uh, whether it was from the perimeter or through other options. But when you look at this version of Barcelona, look at last year's version of Barcelona, and something was missing. And I thought that, you know, they're going to take their uh, roster from last year and they're going to kind of, you know, bulk it up a bit make it a bit more athletic, add a bit more firepower. And then they bring in Shanelin and thinking, okay, that's good. You know, because that, that's a guy that can definitely spread his floor from outside, can inflict damage from the inside. But you look at the backcourt and you're thinking, okay, this might be an issue because, um, you know, take, for example, the unsung hero, uh, Corey Higgins. This guy was an offensive machine for Chaska. He came to Barcelona, you know, things were a bit different, which is, like, you can understand that, you know, it happens, perhaps different roles, different usage, but the point, the point here is that now, when you look at Corey, one more year added to his experience, right, to, to his age, and by the looks of it, essentially it's him and it's courage alone. Okay, you can see if the body says also, you know, he's capable of doing stuff, they have Miritich, for me, something there, it's like I'm expecting last year when we talked at the beginning of the season, if I would have asked you, who's, who are the two teams to make it to the finals game, right? Finals game, not even the final four, finals game. The most reasonable answer, or perhaps I think the majority of people would have said Barcelona and the Golo Efes, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm not, I'm, I'm not told on Barcelona on making it to the finals game this year. If they will, it will, like, look, nothing will surprise me with Barcelona. Making it to the Final Four, not making it to the Final Four. It's just that it feels losing Hanga, and you look at the backcourt, not enough firepower. Something there is missing, no doubt about it, but there is the Charis effect. He's a genius. So there's that, you know, going for them. Let's move to Russia. Uh, or I guess move back to Russia. We yeah. obviously talked about uh, Sescom. Um, we have uh, Zenit uh, St. Petersburg 
and then uh, Eunice Kazan coming uh, Eunice coming from the uh, from the Euro Cup. Um, I, I know you guys really you guys at the uh, at the EuroLeague Sweet Sixteen really uh, like um, Zenit. Questioning whether or not, just wonder how long um, Shabazz Napier will be out. Um, and um, and I'll I'll kind of just let you, you know, make the point for Zenit. Um, I I'm actually beyond fascinated, which you guys are as well. But you, I I did want to offer up something that you guys didn't didn't talk about on the on the preview podcast. Go check it out. It's it's wonderful. To it's much more detailed than what you're going to get here. Um, I want to ask you about if you think that um, that Marco Spisu and uh, Andre Voronsevich can kind of be the calming. Um, the calming factor that brings an absolutely bonkers team into uh, kind of brings them together and 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 and, uh, and and can actually make them a Final Four candidate because I, I, I you look at the talent there and it's it's really crazy you know so but as you guys talk about you know OJ Mayo Super Mario. You know what does this do? You know we watched you know Spisu at at uh, you know Sassari turn that into uh, a gig with the with the Italian national team. Veron Savage, all you have to do is say Veron Savage, maybe the most underrated player in European history. You know whatever. So talk about those two teams. Um, what do you think? Okay, first of all, as for Zenit, um, like I, I'd say, you know, let, let's tackle first uh, uh, Unix. Because there's this one name that I love so much, and that is the name of Velimir Tarasovic. I love this coach. I mean, look, I love a lot of coaches. I know it's uh, it's hard for me to uh, you know to rank coaches. I think, but I legit appreciate everything he did throughout the years. And he's a product of Hugo Plastica. You know, that's like we're talking mm-hmm. we're talking age of gladiators essentially. So what's not to like, right? Um, but when you look at Var- at Voroncevic and um, you know Spisu, obviously you know Andre is the more um, is he a calming factor? That's a great question. I think he can be because we're talking experience here, and he, you know he's pretty much been with Cheska in every Final Four possible, right? And he's in a different position in his career right now. He doesn't need to shine. He doesn't need to lead. He doesn't need to. You know, to overdo things, things are not, you know, just upon him. I'm not saying that's how it used to be before, but right now there's a whole lot of less pressure, I'd say, on him. But I would expect him to be that kind of leader that would have to somehow balance this roster because it's like you said, having his own, like Super Mario, having OJ Mayo, and obviously that's not like the... The Browns. The only addition. <laughs> Lorenzo, yeah, John. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It is like this team is packed with talent. It, it is to the point where it it just it's crazy. We, we've seen teams that were as talented, and it was a colossal failure. I said like it was a very uh, majestic crash and burn kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and this version of it, it can go either way. But it's going to be like the most interesting thing to see as it goes. Uh, for, for me, like this is perhaps 
Yeah, Sisu, but, you know, with him, what, that's like his uh, debut, like legit debut in the EuroLeague, I think? I believe so. Could yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah that, that's his uh, EuroLeague debut. So, you know, it's, it's good to have guys who are, uh, you know, having their – it's kind of two different things, you know. Spisu is the uh, the one who doesn't necessarily have the uh, the experience. Vrancevic is that, you know, I don't want to say old-timer. It's just like, you know, the the OG kind of thing, you know. He's bringing the experience. He's bringing the, the titles. He's like, he's supposed to be the guy that, uh, the wise man that everyone goes to seek for advice. Spisu also played at the experience. Olympics as well in Tokyo. No, I know, but I'm saying like, look. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You, Yeah, you take EuroLeague player, you put him in the Olympics. You take a, a player who played in the Olympics. In the Olympics, you you put him in the EuroLeague. It's two different animals, yeah. and um, it, it was it was a, a great great question by you. It, it really you know it, it got me kind of off balance because when you think about it, you know you really got to have these guys who are ego free and you know they are okay with just doing a specific role because if you have too many like you know alphas or guys who are dominant. This is like a, a recipe for catastrophe at the end of the day. So, I mean, are they capable? That's a good question. Will they have to be? Yes, they will have to be that calming factor, that balancing factor. And as for Zenit, man, I mean, what's not to like? Uh, it, it, it was said, I think, uh, that Napier, Napier's injury is not as bad as they thought. So maybe, uh, you know, Zenit would be uh, just a bit vulnerable at the beginning of the EuroLeague, but they have a roster and a coach that should be able to cover a whole lot of ground because, you know, parts, big parts of this roster, you know, uh, and, you know, key pieces continued from last year when you think about it. So that's going for them. Um, and by that, you know, you have the Sergei Karate, you have Poitras. Uh, I mean, Honestly, just seeing him last year for the for the first time in person, he's a beast. He's a beast. And they brought in Jordan Mickey. So, you know, it's like they had some weaknesses. They definitely, you know, strengthened their weaknesses kind of thing, that they solved a few issues. Uh, the question is in terms of long-term system, because with Pangos you run a completely different system than you do with, uh, with Shabazz. But Shabazz, when, you know, what he did – Uh, the preseason was, uh, you know, it, it kind of made you uh, extra excited to just see how this project can go. And they are, again, they're extremely packed with talent, more balanced, I'd say. So, yeah, for me, they are definitely Final Four contenders, no doubt about it. And it's Chaffee Pasquale. Come on. Yeah. I, I haven't been – he also didn't do anything in uh, Panathinaikos, no? I mean, just – or did he? Actually, it's, it's the same. It's, it's the same combo when you think about it. It's uh, I think Manos Papadopoulos and Xavi Pascual. They were, they had good three years. They well, you know, when Xavi was with him, and, you know, it was a. You can claim that the last year was you know not great, but you cannot overlook what he did with Panathinaikos. I mean, when he left, it, it went from a stabilized ship to something that looks like it's headed to a, you know, to a bad place. Or you know, I, I mean, look. I, the, the, thing, the, thing Panathinaikos, Panathinaikos, the, the thing about the thing about as someone who's who's who followed the Champions League for a couple of years, um, you know, Howard St. Rose and Kendrick Perry 
will always have a big, big place in my heart. And uh, I, I hope because of that, I hope that um, that uh, um, I hope that they don't struggle as much as uh, as it seems like they might struggle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have cases that you can say like either way. You have Hoytman or Hoytman that was, you know, he played I think in a BCL, then he was great. He played in FIBA, then he was great. You know, he did great in the EuroLeague. And you have cases like, you know, Jordan Theodore, who was also amazing in, uh, in the BCL, then came to Milan, couldn't quite find his spot, you know. Uh, doesn't make it, you know, doesn't make him not good of a player, not necessarily. You know, most of the time it's, it's just situation. So you never know. Um, but, you know. All right. Hope for everyone to to succeed. I don't want. We don't want to go into every team, but one team that I do want to go into, and I, and um, it's uh, you mentioned them as a. It seems to me that during the in the preview that you weren't as high on them as as you kind of just were just now. Um, I think that uh, Monaco could. Uh, for me, it wouldn't be a surprise at all if Monaco actually reaches the. The, the playoffs for sure. Um, for, for me, they're, um, to, to me, it's almost a lock that they make the playoffs. Um, I, you know, this is also, you know, this is a, you know, Coach Mitrovic, you know, this is, you know, there's a lot back from the team that, uh, that won the Euro Cup last year. And, you know, people might not remember that he was actually at Asvel in, in 1920, where they actually went 10 and 18 in the Euro League. And that was with Maladon having the keys to the car as a as a teenager, and you know, so you know, this is a coach that 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 is you know is a fantastic coach. Uh, you mentioned James, you know, what Yunus is coming is 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 now there. Uh, Westerman, um, you know, Motom, uh, Will Thomas, I think, yeah, Will Will Thomas. Also, also Will Thomas, yeah, Will Thomas. I mean, it just keeps going on and on. Um, I love Andrusic, um, you know. And, and, uh, so, I mean, it just keeps going. The roster pairs Lee, obviously champions league, people know him from, from reaching the final four, uh, spectacularly with, with Antwerp, you know, so it just keeps going on and on. And so for me, especially with a guy like James, like you mentioned in the podcast, in the uh, preview podcast, he'll win games just because he's Mike James. And, and, and I think Mitrovic will win games just because he's Mitrovic. And then you have all of this talent on top. For me, it would be a shock if they don't make the playoffs. Nah, for me, it's different because, look, they have a talented roster. There is that Mike James effect, but there are just too many uncontrolled and unknown variables. This is why I don't see them just in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs. Eventually, we, we did say that you know, we can see them reaching the final straight you know, and being in a fight, but just not making it at the end of the day. Because... You know, it's um, I can easily you know name like eight teams that are more balanced and they got more quality depth um, than you know than Monaco, and especially in experience. And because look, I mean, aside of Zenit, um, and aside of you know what, even not Zenit, can you remember one team that made it to the Euroleague and had a great crazy? crazy crazy first year in the competition that resulted in a playoff spot that's that's the that's the the problem i think but 
I, I that was one thing that I that I haven't had a, that I haven't had a chance to look at. But I think you know, it, like I said, to me the 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 talent that's on there is is pretty pretty scary. No, I I agree that there is talent, but you know, it's you you put him you know with Madrid with another Efes, with Barcelona with. You know, we even even talked about Milan, which I think you know they have their share of issues. Um, Olympiacos made great moves, perhaps lacking on the athletic side. Plus, Mike James loves to play uh, um, versus Olympiacos for some unknown reason. You know, who knows? Um, but you know, and, and you still you, you got Fenner, you got Cheska, you got you know you got Maccabi obviously fighting in the mix to to get in there, and maybe they you know what after seeing them in a you know it's not even a preseason. Uh, uh, tournaments, but catching them playing a few games, you know, they they can have a, a great season. They can have a great season, and they you know, obviously they they added uh, Matias Salt after the injury of of Ante Zizic, who's supposed to be back like in about four to six six weeks time, I think. So I mean, you can definitely see more teams with more uh, uh, you know with more experience uh, or just as hungry. And that he got like the uh, like it's dynasty teams, you know, that you uh, that that they have this uh, historical run to to the playoffs. And I know it's a cliche, but it means a whole lot. It means a whole lot. I mean, Mike James can bring you to a certain point. Zvezda Mitrovic for sure can bring you to a certain point. The question is, and don't forget when he was coaching Asvel, like he brought down Juggernaut. He brought down. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> that was a that was a thrilling team, and there really wasn't loads of you know loads and loads of talent on that team, you know. And like I said, there was a, there was a teenager. Very specific good system. Yeah, yeah. They they had they were good, but but that's the thing. It's like even Zvezdan was not in a you know Euro Cup finals winner uh, Euro Cup winners. It it's great. It's an amazing achievement, but again, EuroLeague. Now we're talking. What about Valencia? Okay, Valencia is a different story because Valencia has been the elevator team going back and forth between EuroLeague and, and EuroCup. So and, yeah. and and they they they've been there like you know in in the two thousands and yeah, they had like yeah. short stints in between. So it's different. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's a definitely. That was one of the things when I was thinking. Okay, I'm going to make a nice little point that uh, you know Monaco, you know, can make the can make the playoffs. And I thought, ah, they are come from the Euro Cup and all this. But all right, so um, you know, I said before that we don't want to talk about every team, and and every team is worthy of, and every team has storylines. Um, instead of uh, instead of um, Instead of going back and, and, and really talking about any of the other teams, and if you're a fan of any of the other teams, you know I am kind of sorry that you know we don't want to touch on all the teams. But I want you, as someone who's followed basketball for so long, um, maybe just what your opinion is or how you'll feel when this season starts and you don't see some of the legends playing basketball anymore. You know, Spanulis. Scola, uh, Mashulis, Caspi. Heartbroken, heartbroken, you know, simply it, heartbroken. Yeah. It's, it's hard because, first of all, about Olympiacos, it, it'll be crazy interesting to see, like, you know, them in the post Spanulis era. It's like, you know, it's, uh, it, it feels weird. That's the thing. I mean, not seeing Felipe Reyes on, on Madrid's mm-hmm. bench, you know, mm-hmm. not seeing 
and Julie sending more on the court. Not seeing, you know, all these, like even Nico Zizis retired officially this summer. You know, Bruce just announced his retirement and then like he comes back playing for this, uh, for this team. But still, it's like, and Caspi for Maccabi. I mean, and the names, it's uh, like, you know, they've been a part of us, of our conversations for so many years, so many years. Um, and, and, and it's tough. Like, it's tough. But, you know, now new guys need to, uh, to step up and fill in their shoes. And uh, it, it's going to take some time, you know, some adjustments on, on our behalf, I guess, and on the team's behalf. And, you know, we're going to need to be patient, all of us, you know, uh, journalists, analysts, broadcasters, fans, even in the teams. We all need to have patience because, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. Every career will come to an end eventually, you know, one day or another, sooner or later. We all prefer it to be later, of course. But that's just how life goes. I mean, it hurts, obviously. We would love to see a couple more seasons from from Felipe, from, from Kill Bill, you know. Imagine being in a Final Four, seeing a Cheska Olympiacos game and not having Kill Bill there. <laughs> now let that sink in. That, that's like, it's strange. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, at, at least we know that your Elixir Sweet 16 will be there for us all. Oh, yeah. First of all, thank you for all the love. Thank you for all the love. And yes, we'll do whatever we can to be there all day, every day. Uh, Mosh, tell, tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can see all your stuff, hear all of your stuff, uh, pimp your stuff so that everybody knows where to go. Uh, well, as ever, I'm on uh, MOSB1 on Twitter. There's also the uh, I Am Team Scout uh, handle. and um, uh, But we, we're going to have some very nice additions soon, which we will announce uh, on the various social media platforms. The podcast, EuroLeague Sweet 16, of course, is now also available on Anchor, on Spotify, SoundCloud, and you know, just continue showing the love, man. We love you back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Of course, man. Always great to uh, to chat. Uh, our conversation on recorded conversation is only a uh, a, a minor little uh, a little speck of dust into actually how much we we, we talk otherwise. But uh, uh, you know, maybe I might have to jump on that Sweet Sixteen to uh, to to push Monaco uh, that much more for uh, like like I did last year. Remember saying uh, I'll do FS, man. They'll be fine. Remember us. And uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, you're, you're always invited. You know that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try to pop on every now and again, but, uh, so definitely we'll talk to you every week. So, um, thanks. Thanks for the, this preview chat and, uh, we will talk to you then, uh, actually, uh, next week. Hopefully uh, you enjoy the first couple of games, try to get some, uh, try to get some sleep beforehand because uh, you're not going to be sleeping much after that. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. That's for sure. Take care. All right, fantastic stuff. As uh, as always, when I always enjoy talking to to Masha, and and uh, it's uh, uh, it's looking forward to the season, and uh, looking forward to kept catching up with uh, with him on a weekly basis. Again, this will will be a weekly thing. Well, three to five to seven minutes, uh, just c- catching up on on the top stories uh, of the week. So thank you for listening to the taking the charge caught traveling show, uh, looking this week at the Turkish Airlines Euroleague, and we will catch you on the next show.